the most underrated relationship tool. And I'll tell you right off that the tool that I'm talking about is meekness. It's unbelievable how much the Bible has to say on the subject of meekness. And I'm going to share some of that with you in just a moment. But first, let's talk about this. What is meekness? Meekness is one of those words that when I was growing up in church, I never quite understood what it meant to be meek. But I know this. I know that I always sort of got the idea, especially because it rhymes with weak, that meekness was not really a strength. But I can tell you after living several decades since then that I believe meekness is one of the greatest strengths you can possess. And if you would pursue, and by the way, you're going to have to pursue its definition. Because I'll be real frank with you, I have one definition in front of me that guides me, but even that does not say everything that I wish it would say. Meekness, I think, is one of the most difficult characteristics to define. You go through the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Meekness is one of the parts of the fruit of the Spirit. And everything else, love, easy to define, joy, easy to define, peace. You get down to uh, meekness and give me a one-word synonym for meekness. All the others have a one-word synonym, long-suffering, patience, temperance, self-control. Give me a one-word synonym for, well, humility. No, that's not what it is. And uh, to some extent, it's self-control, but that doesn't say what it is. So I'm going to give you several descriptions of meekness and what it does, and I'm going to end with it with what is my favorite definition of it, but, and that's just for starters, I don't anticipate a long message tonight, but I do have probably about 30, uh, 30 uh, passages to share with you. You say, that doesn't add up, Pastor, uh, brief message and 30 passages, but I think it will. Uh, I, I'm, I think I can't cross my fingers. That's probably why nothing ever works. I can't cross my fingers, but anyway. What is meekness? First of all, meekness is not weakness. Meekness, and these are just a few examples really of what meekness does. But meekness is the strength to be silent while others rage and roar. Meekness goes unnoticed Actually, meekness chooses to go unnoticed so that God will receive the glory. And be careful there because there is a, there's a meekness facade. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, we, back in the VFW days, I was foolish enough to have testimony time every single Sunday night because it almost always led to an unwelcome speech. And... Um, that unwelcome speech from the same guy just about every week began with him uh, telling us why he was not going to take any of the credit for anything that happened that day. And uh, that's, what I'm, that's a meekness facade. That's where you, uh, where you get people's attention so that they can hear you being humble. You know what I'm saying? Or they can see you being humble. You, you get people's... It's like you make this big show of a, oh, uh, well... So everybody will look at you and what's he doing? And uh, he, well, he's trying to show us that he's meek. No, meekness, actual true meekness 
really does go unnoticed as much as possible so that God will receive the glory. And if you, don't, if you think that's easy, you've never tried it. In other words, in order for God to come out on top of this situation, I'm just going to have to absolutely withdraw or just blend in with the crowd. It's a, it's a tricky business sometimes to go unnoticed so God will receive the glory. Meekness, this is another very difficult one. Meekness stands down and lets other people be the center of attention. Meekness refrains from responding or making its voice known unless principles demand that it speaks up. Meekness is not concerned with self-defense. Meekness is focused on the cause, not on who gets the credit. And I'll say again, I'll say it kindly as, as an admonition to all of us. As soon as you start talking about you don't care who gets the credit, you just took it. So meekness is focused on did the job get done? Or is the job getting done? Not on whose name is on the banner or the uh, who's t- getting the credit for the parade. All right, so... I gave you some things about meekness, but now here is, and this is my favorite definition, and really it's the only one I have to offer tonight, but it's so deep and it's so strong, it demands our meditation. Meekness is strength under control. So I started out by saying meekness is not weakness. And then I gave you sort of the contrast of that meekness is strength under control, okay? It takes a certain amount of strength. If if Brother Freddie walked up here and just started cursing at me, all right? It would take a certain amount of strength for me to, with one punch, knock him out and put him on the floor. And I... Don't recall in my entire lifetime ever punching anybody in the face. So I'm not sure if I could do it or not, and especially Brother Freddie. I don't think so because he's a boxer. You're a boxer, right? Uh, no, anyway. Um, but but really, I don't I don't have any idea whether I could do that or not. And I'm guessing I probably couldn't, especially if I've never tried. So, brother, you say, "What kind of wimp are you, Pastor?" Well, here's the other side of that coin. I've never had to. <laughs> there's, there's, your, there's your John Wayne. I've never had to. But anyway. <laughs> so it, but it takes a certain level of strength for me with one punch to hit him and knock him out. But it takes an even greater level of strength. He's standing here cursing me. It takes an even greater level of strength to know that I could, if I could, to know that I could and not do it. Okay, so that's an example of meekness is strength under control. You want the best example in the history of the human race on that? The Son of God at any given moment from being arrested at Gethsemane. And by the way, he proved it when they came to arrest him and they said, uh, oh, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. 
And he said, I am. <laughs> they all fell down. And that was just sort of a warning shot. Not, not that there's more power coming, but this is what I could do if I chose to. They arrested him. And from that point on, until he was buried, at any given moment, he possessed the power to shut the whole thing down. But he didn't. Did I? I feel like I maybe said this during the Lord's Supper a couple of weeks ago. But it is incredible to, and, and, and I don't know if pathetic is the word or horrible, to watch somebody suffer when they can't stop their attackers. But it's an even greater level of astonishing to see the Savior every step of the way when he possessed the power to stop it at any given moment. I think it was the author of um, the Harry Potter books. Is that J.K. Rowling? Who is well known for stating back at the height of the Harry Potter popularity for stating that Jesus was a wimp. Because any man that lets other people kill him and doesn't stop them, he's not a man, he's a wimp. And what she, see right now, I want to say some things, but I'm going to be strong enough and meek enough to restrain myself about that woman. But anyway, what she failed to, to understand or maybe refused to understand is that he was redeeming her soul. And if he used the strength that he possessed to say, you know what, knock it off. Pilate dropped dead. You soldiers, go to (laughs) eternal damnation. (laughs) If he had used that authority, then she would not have had the opportunity to be redeemed. But because he was strong enough, at any given moment, he could have stopped it. But he withstood it, he endured it, he endured the cross despising the shame. So, that's the ultimate picture of meekness. Not just that you're strong enough to win, but you're strong enough to restrain yourself when it's appropriate. And there's another tricky part of meekness. You have to have the wisdom to know when it's appropriate. There are some times when it is right, when the right thing to do is to stand up and say, knock it off. Okay, if I'm in a restaurant by myself and there's somebody at the next table and they're just using all kinds of foul and filth and foul language, I'm not going to do anything. If it's just me and them, I don't let them do what they want to do. I'm, I'm just eating my food. But if my wife's with me, and I've done this before, if my wife's with me and they're all kinds of filth and foul language, well, then I'm going to say, hey, guys, do me a favor. My wife's sitting here, and uh, really, we, we shouldn't have to listen to that kind of language in here. What's the difference between speaking up and not speaking up? I just, I don't, I'm not somebody who goes around just making a scene. But there are times when you have to speak up, when your principles demand. And wisdom is knowing when you have to speak up, when you do not. So that is just a... And, Listen, that's a, be- that's a taste of what is meekness. And if you're saying, Pastor, i got to be honest, you didn't really answer that question for me. I know I didn't. 
Meekness is something you have to pursue for yourself. So I'm going to give you, we're going to jump right into this. And I hope you'll listen and I hope you'll grow. Listen, if you become stronger in meekness, it will help every relationship in your life. It will help you with that stubborn supervisor foreman at work. It will help you with, with that uh, distant family member. That, oh man, every time the family gets together, I got to put up with that and it'll help you with that. It'll help you to know even fellow church member how to, how to deal with them and, and so forth. It'll give you the strength if you ever pursue and understand meekness. And so everything else that I'm going to say, I'm, gonna, I'm putting in, in four, I'm, I'm sorry, three categories. Number one, the importance of meekness in the Bible. How the Bible says we're to use meekness and how God blesses how God blesses meek people. And there's a verse that we're going to read on that last point that is actually the thing that set the ball in motion for the message tonight, and I'll point it out when we get there. But I'm just going to fly through these because this is one of those where I think if you just keep on chewing and swallowing as I throw out the Scripture, I think you're going to digest in a way that if I stopped and explained to everyone even for a minute... In about uh, 15 minutes, you'll be going, oh, pastor, that's about all I can take. And some of you are doing that already. That's okay. I understand. But um, if I just keep rattling them off, I think that's going to that's gonna be the most healthy meal you can get from this. The importance of meekness in the Bible. First of all, Moses was meek. Moses has been called the greatest leader in the Bible outside of Jesus himself, probably because he took 3 million people and led them out of Egypt and, and uh, dealt with them for 40 years. And in the incident where Moses is dealing with people who are trying to knock him out of his God-given calling, the Bible makes this statement. The man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Wow. The importance of meekness in the Bible. Meekness seeks the Lord. Zephaniah 2 verse 3. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. So those who are meek have a special invitation from God to seek him. It's almost as if God is saying, now, if if you've chosen to be meek, Brother Corky, would you turn those fans on, please? Uh, Thank you. if, If you've chosen to be meek, it's almost as if God is saying, now everybody's invited, but the meek especially, if you seek me, you'll get something special. There's something, and if you listen to all these verses, you'll get the idea, especially on the, very, on the third point, that there's something about this thing of meekness that God really likes. Meekness seeks the Lord. Seek the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Also in the same verse, we are to seek Meekness. So if you don't know what meekness is, you know, I don't really know what that's about. Ah. God says in Zephaniah 2, verse 3, seek righteousness, seek meekness. Jesus encouraged us to follow his example of meekness. That should be the only point we need here, by the way. Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. There's so much right there. 
If you're going to take the yoke of, of anyone upon you, you cannot put somebody who is going to go 20 miles an hour in the yoke with somebody who's going to go five miles an hour. And so if you have a 20 mile, you know, I'm a real go-getter. Well, good for you. But Jesus said, if you're going to go in the yoke with me, I am meek and lowly of heart. I've always felt unqualified in some in, in the ministry because I am not the outgoing person. I don't I don't work a room. That's not my person. Now I'll, I'll I'll greet everybody and but I am not. I mean I have friends in the ministry who they they just live to walk into a room of 500 people and you know laugh it up with everybody. You know me. That's not me. Can I tell you something? From this description, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. I don't think that's what I was Jesus' approach to the ministry. Now, I'm not saying that just to soothe my own, you know, uh, weaknesses or whatever, but I don't, I don't think Jesus went around just, just working the crowd and shaking everybody's hands and, and uh, networking. He said, I'm meek and lowly of heart. Jesus led with meekness, Matthew 21, verse 5. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. 1 Peter 3, verse 4, a meek and quiet spirit is valuable to God. Now, I realize the context here is talking about women, but it still makes the statement, the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And it doesn't say which is in the sight of God of great price for women. It's talking to women, but it says to them, hey, you want a great, you, you, you know, the best beauty secret I can give you. It's like Peter saying, the best beauty secret I can give you is a meek and quiet spirit because in the sight of God, that's of great price. And I think that goes for everybody, men and women. Paul led. With meekness. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Now I myself, Paul, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So Paul says, you know what? I got in the yoke with Jesus. Jesus is meek and lowly of heart. So I'm trying to beseech you, reach out to you the same way Christ reached out to me. Meekness is a manifestation of the Spirit of God at work in our lives. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now I have to say, and I always say love, joy, peace are the top three characteristics that God wants us to manifest. If love, joy, and peace are the top three, then the, the entire fruit of the Spirit must be the top nine. And even though we don't stress meekness as a very important characteristic, God put it in his top nine. He said, if you have the Spirit, if you're filled with the Spirit, people are going to see meekness. People are going to see the guy that doesn't have to be the loudest mouth in the room. We were, I think it's when we were in Europe. And uh, honestly, uh, I don't know two people that are any less critical of people than uh, Ray and Debbie Young. So she was not commenting on anybody there, but, but they will talk 
just ideas and philosophies and truths. And uh, Mrs. Young made this statement. She said, in any crowd, notice the people that are going out of their way to appear that they're having the most fun. And she said, that's the most miserable people in the room. She said, the people that work the hardest to persuade everybody, (laughs) she said, those are the most miserable people in the room. Meekness is the opposite of that. Meekness says, you know what? I can be silent because I'm secure in myself and I don't care what all these people think. The the importance of meekness in the Bible. Hey, based on the numbers I gave you a few minutes ago, we're halfway there. How about that? Now I want to show you how to to use meekness according to the Bible. These are things, and there are three, six, nine of these. These are things that the Bible says to use meekness for. First of all, approach the fallen with meekness. Galatians 6.1 Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. You don't hunt down a fallen person and say, Aha! God finally got you. Nope. In the spirit of meekness. Ephesians 4.2 Treat other people with meekness. With all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Colossians 3.12, every believer is to put on meekness. Colossians 3.12, put on therefore as the elect of God, that's talking about every believer, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. 1 Timothy 6.11, the man of God is to pursue meekness. So this is something... This is not something that I just say, you know, like you look at your toolbox and you go, uh, yeah, I have a, a six-inch Phillips screwdriver and it's in my toolbox if I ever need it. That's not meekness. Excuse me. That's not meekness. I got it if I ever need it. No, you're supposed to always go after it. Why? Because meekness has a competitor named pride. And pride is going to keep on going after your mind and your heart. And so if you don't pursue meekness, you're not going to have it. So the man of God is to pursue meekness. 1 Timothy 6.11 But thou, man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. 2 Timothy 2.25 Approach God's enemies with meekness. In meekness, instructing those, and this, this phrase always cracks me up, those that oppose themselves. I have to wonder if that's not the root of he's his own worst enemy right there. But anyway... I mean that, if that's not where that comes from. Those that oppose themselves. Instructing those that are their own worst enemy. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Titus 3.2, we are to show meekness to everybody. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. These are hard things. These are not easy things. It's easy to, to, to breeze over. Oh, I read that. But it's another thing to take them, focus on them, meditate on them, and think, well, man, that's tough. And by the way, once you get these things in your mind and your heart, the Spirit of God is going to bring them up and remind you of them after you fly off the handle at somebody. We are to receive God's word with meekness. 
James 1.21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. I wonder if you have ever experienced that feeling of the, the preaching of God's word is really getting to something that you know you have a problem with. And I got to tell you, and I've been in there, that right away when you feel conviction, you go, he's talking to me. And it's like personal. He's, he's talking to me. You know, and how arrogant is that? You're in a crowd of 100 people and you really think that the preacher is going to ignore everybody else to come down on you. No, that's conviction. And we're supposed to receive with meekness. And that also goes for your Bible reading. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. James 3.13, meekness reveals your wisdom. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Now, I said a while ago that in order to be meek, you have to have the wisdom to know when your principles demand that you act or when your principles demand that you stand down. And I think most of us err on the side of acting when we should stand down. 1 Peter 3.15, represent Christ with meekness. Can I say this before we read that verse? I was thinking as you were testifying about the Danbury Blitz that the most attractive thing in the world to anybody, and especially to a lost person, is a spirit-filled Christian. And if you would go to people's doorsteps manifesting the Spirit of God, 99.9% of people will love you and receive you even if they never come to church. You, Hey, I believe... Now, there's some people that are so angry at God that, I mean, <laughs> you will ignite a fire right there on their doorstep and you ha- you'll have to leave quickly. But that is a very, very small percentage of people. You be confident. First of all, be spirit-filled. And when you're spirit-filled, that gives you confidence. Ecclesiastes says that the wisdom of a man, the boldness of his face shall be changed. You be confident and spirit-filled. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter who comes to that door. And we, I think, out of how many, however many doors we hit yesterday, one lady interrupted me and said, and she said with a smile, no, thank you, I'm not interested. And as I turned to walk away, I said, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And I meant it, by the way. She stopped what she was doing and went and, and answered her door, and I appreciate that. Don't get confrontational and, you know, you're not going to, oh, yeah? Well, you'll change your mind when you wake up in hell. Oh, please. Tell me where the Bible says that's supposed to be our, our approach. You know what that is? That's hurt feelings. That's pride speaking out. That's we're not strong enough. We get our feelings hurt because somebody rejected Christ. We think they rejected us, so we have to lash out and get the last word. That's what that is. Instead of... Now, by the way, is there ever a time, for example, in a group of, say you stopped a witness to a basketball team, and they all start cussing you out, but you can tell there's one guy who's, he's listening, 
and they all start cursing the name of Jesus Christ, that may be a time where the Spirit of God says, now you've got to stand up for the Lord right here. You've got to say something a little bit strong in order to keep that guy, keep his heart for the Lord. I'm not saying that's always the rule there. I'm saying there are times when you do have to speak up and say the over-the-top perhaps thing. But you need wisdom. Anyway, represent Christ with meekness, 1 Peter 3.15. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. So you ought to always know, why are you a Christian? Why do you, you know, I go, to, I go to Foxwoods every Sunday. Why do you go to church every Sunday? Be always ready to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. All right, so here's the, here's the best point. If you're going to go after this thing of meekness, here's the payoff right here. Just, I didn't even write down descriptions of these verses because every one of them speaks for itself. Not that the others don't, but these are just so, it's like, soak it in. This is good. I'm going to read them for you. There are three, six, nine, ten. If you will pursue this thing of meekness, here's what God has for you. You ready? Let's see if we can do this in under 120 seconds. How many is going to bet against me? Anyway, no, let's not take any bets. Psalm 22, 26, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. Psalm 25, 9, the meek will God guide in judgment. The meek will he teach his way. Psalm 37, 11, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. That's three awesome promises right there. Psalm 76, verse 9. God arose to judgment. Let me repeat that. God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth. And just so you take some time to get how awesome that is, he ends that with a Selah. Psalm 147, verse 6. The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Psalm 149, verse 4. The Lord will beautify the meek with salvation. Isaiah 11, verse 4. The Lord will reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. Isaiah 29, 19. The the meek shall increase their joy in the Lord. Isaiah 61, 1. And this is the verse. I've read this Thousands of times, not only here but in Luke. But this I never saw before until recently I was reading it. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is prophetic of Jesus Christ, but it's also Isaiah preaching. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Jesus' target audience is the meek. That's what really woke me up and I said, i got to pursue this thing. Because if Jesus' target audience is the meek, I want to be in that crowd. Last one, Matthew 5, 5, where we started. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. There are a thousand Bible studies we could do by taking each of these verses and just pursuing. You write down one verse and say, i got five questions about that verse. And in your pursuit of answering that question, you have yourself in the middle of a great Bible study. This was very much a summary message on meekness tonight. But listen, this is something worth pursuing. Fight the temptation to be the big mouth. 
Fight this, and this is not a matter of personality. This is a matter of spirituality. Fight. Say, Pastor, you're just saying that because, hey, I'm outgoing and you're not. No. I love outgoing people because it allows me to do what I do best, which is be silent. I love when people dominate the conversation. But I believe you can be outgoing and still be meek. Which may be a different discussion altogether. But I'm saying to you tonight, whatever your personality, you know, people say, I always thought when people said, I'm type A. I always thought they were talking about their blood or something. I didn't, I, long time before I knew what that was about. We all have different personalities. We all have, God made us all differently. And by the way, we all matter. And that's not just a, you know, a little kid commercial. That's, we, we, every one of our personality types is important to the work of God. We contribute to the body of Christ. But wherever you are, you need meekness. It may be true that the person who is most outgoing needs to be most. I don't know because I think we all need to be in pursuit of meekness. So who, why compare who needs it most? I'm simply saying nobody is exempt. The most underrated relationship tool. And I almost called it the most underrated relationship and leadership tool. But I erase leadership because you know what? Until your relationships are straight, your leadership's not going to be worth a dime. But when your relationships are strong, that's what, rela- that's what leadership is. Strong relationships with all the people who are looking to you for leadership. And the best way to have strong relationships is to pursue meekness. I hope I kindled an appetite in you tonight. Let's stand together.